Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports Another But Sports with Kent Sterling. Our special guest today, the great Aaron Torres from Fox Sports Radio and KSR. How you doing, Aaron? Kent, I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? It's great. First of all, it's great to reconnect with you. Uh, we did this very regularly for years, and it's been a while since we spoke, so I'm happy to be back on with you, my man. You know what? That's the thing about a radio show ending. All of a sudden, you don't have an excuse to talk to a lot of people. You got very regimented into talking to and became friends with. And we do get to do that again. I'm excited. I'm fired up. Anything you want, you know, I always I love talking with you, man. Let's talk about Kyrie Irving for a minute and, and report that he's kind of the guy who's building some momentum toward the NBA, maybe not getting back as we thought that it would on July 30th. What do you make of this? Yeah, the story's going to bring in real time as you and I talk, Kent. So I haven't looked into a ton of it. Uh, I do find it kind of ironic that, you know, my understanding is Kyrie Irving is not going to be playing. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, uh, I don't think, are going to be in this bubble for more than three or four weeks. Once the regular season ends, they're going to get bounced pretty quickly. Uh you know, but I, I just think that to me, I gave the NBA so much credit for getting back on the court while the MLB has squabbled over dollars and cents. And I think what this speaks to me about, Kent, is that I believe that the modern athlete in Major League Baseball, in the NBA, maybe even to a degree in the NFL, although I believe because there's less money being made by most players, that it really feels like an NBA and MLB thing. I just think they're out of touch with their consumer. I really do. And listen, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and plant my, my, my flag in the ground and say, I'll never watch the NBA or I'll never watch Major League Baseball again or I'll never show up to the stadium again. But, you know, I just think at a moment in time when 40-plus million people filed for unemployment over the last three months, some of them fortunately are now back at work, um, when millions of people across the country have taken – pay cuts to keep their job we have these guys that don't want to they don't want to return to work and it's no longer health reasons for people who are just kind of catching up with the baseball players you know my understanding is that it's very much about you know dollars and cents and they don't want to take less money in a year where they're not making any money uh and certainly even when the comeback will make significantly less money with 
the situation in terms of, um, you know, no having no fans in the stands. And then with basketball, the concern seemed to be mostly about being in a bubble for three months. And, you know, what, what the one thing that Arnie Spanier and I, we host a Saturday radio show on Fox Sports Radio, we've been very vocal about is whenever sports come back for this year, it's not going to be normal whether it is in a bubble, whether it is without fans, the NFL, college football, those may be situations where we play at 25, 50% capacity where one program's playing at 100% capacity and one's playing at 0% capacity. Um, This is a, you know, we've spent as a society talking so much time about the new norm and it seems to be only professional athletes not grasping that for one season, for a three, four, five month period, you're just going to have to deal with it. I'm disappointed in really mostly baseball players, and it feels like as this situation in the NBA continues to unfold, we may be saying the same thing about NBA players as well. All right, let's talk about college basketball a little bit. I, I know that on a podcast you talked about what Justin Smith transferring from Indiana to Arkansas means to Musselman and Arkansas, but what does it mean for Indiana to lose a player like Justin Smith to a program like Arkansas? I just don't understand it. Yeah, Ken, you know, I, I, I was leaning on a lot of what you were saying throughout the week. Uh, I don't know the situation specifically with Justin Smith, but but is a growing trend um, in college basketball where even the guys that lead the team in minutes, lead the team in scoring, whatever the case may be, still feel like they're not getting what they need out of the college experience. I think Justin Smith's a little bit different for, uh, you know, graduate transfer eligible right away, but I look at somebody like Andrew Nemhard for people who maybe, you know, are focused on the Indiana portion. He was the starting point guard at Florida since the day he arrived on campus. He led the team in minutes this year, was second in shots and third in points, and decided to transfer. And I, and, and I just think it's this deal now where we live in this, uh, this, this moment in time, and I don't know if it'll ever go back in, in another direction, but it's about me, 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 now, now, now. And I'm not saying that's what happened with Justin Smith. I think ironically, in a weird way, it may help Archie Miller, who was basically set to return everybody, plus bring in a loaded recruiting class. It's one less mouth to feed. But, you know, I I just think this, you know, it's funny, we were just talking about quote unquote player empowerment in Major League Baseball and and the NBA. Um, And I think it's it's to a degree, it's trickling down to the college level as well, where you and I come from a different generation. Part of it is about me, but part of it is about the team as well. And I think less and less are players willing to wait, players willing to sacrifice for the team. Justin Smith, it's a weird one that, like I said, I don't have a great feel for, and maybe you feel, uh, you know, I, I know how you feel, but maybe you even have a little bit more insight into to this one and kind of the bizarreness of all of it. Well, I think that Indiana is going to be okay in the end. Yep. I would understand if you went to a place like, and we'll talk about Kentucky in a minute, but if you went to Kentucky or North Carolina or a blue blood that regularly plays or is in a hunt for a national championship, I sure, guess. Sure. If you went to a program that launched NBA players like it's their job, I would get it. But this is a guy going from Indiana in the Big Ten to Arkansas. In they were seven and eleven in the SEC last year, and I, I just I don't know what is to be gained. It's not a better academic school. Are they better at putting people in the NBA? No. Are they better at winning? No. And so I just. Unless it's like parents trying to figure out, okay, Musselman says, I can do what's necessary for your kid to get into the NBA. I just don't understand. Yeah, and I, listen, I, I do think that's 
probably part of it. I do feel like, um, you know, and, and I think, unfortunately, that is what a lot of this is about is, it, again, what I said with Andrew Nemhard, it's no longer about, um, you know, being part of it. It's what is the fastest path for me to the NBA. And I think some of these players need to look themselves in the mirror and say, some of this is on me. You know, I told a funny story on my podcast a few weeks ago. Um, but so Mac McClung, the very noted player from Georgetown, elected to transfer. He's now with Texas Tech. You know, he put out a final seven, which that says something in and of itself about our culture where a player, it didn't work at the last place, but I still want the social media cloud of putting out a final seven. When he committed to Texas Tech, I reached out to one of the programs that he didn't pick. And I said to them, I said, how devastated are you right now? And I, I, I didn't want to bother you during the recruitment. You guys are whatever. And they told me, honestly, Kent, you'll laugh at this. They said, we weren't even really recruiting them. They said, you know, and, and I bring this up because what they said was that they had been told that he went through the NBA draft process and he was told, Mac McClung, for people who maybe don't, aren't familiar with this game, he's about 6'1", 6'2", he's this incredible dunker, wing athlete, but if you want to play in the NBA, you have to be a better ball handler, you have to create for others, you have to make plays for others, and so why do I bring this up? It's because he decided to transfer from Georgetown to, you know, fulfill what the NBA says he needs, and this school that was recruiting him said, point blank, if we're getting Georgetown, Mac McClung, yeah, we want that guy. We want the guy that can dunk and create and all this stuff. But if he's coming here to try to prove that he can be a point guard, we have a point guard that we already like. And so I bring this up because to, in, in my understanding of Mac McClung's situation, instead of transferring, instead of making it about, I got to get in the gym and get better. Get in the gym and work on your ball handling because you're already at a place that you basically you already take the most shots. You already, you know, get the most minutes. So if it's really about proving to somebody that you can have a certain skill, going to somewhere else is not going to help that. You got to at some point get in the gym. And so that's maybe I, I can't say definitively that that's 100 percent why Mac McClung left. But if Justin Smith thinks, you know, I'm an NBA wing or I'm an NBA time and I'm an NBA that and Arch Miller system, you know, maybe he feels like it's just not the place for me. But part of that is you still got to get in the gym and put in the work. And we've seen guys do it over recent years. You know, you mentioned Kentucky. I think of a guy like P.J. Washington who transformed his game over an offseason. But I think there's too many guys that, you know, John Morant's another one, transformed his game over an offseason. But I think there's too many guys that are just sitting here saying, well, you know, well, well, the reason that I'm not advancing is because of this school and this coaching staff. And in some cases, I think that may be the case. But in some cases, I think the players need to get back into the gym as well. You know what? If you can't hit a shot outside eight feet, you're not going to yes. It's just that simple. Yes. Uh, let's talk about Kentucky for a minute. I thought I was going to ask you, honest to God, uh, about Kentucky and our fans getting a little bit nervous. And then I looked at Kentucky, and I saw that they were 15-3 and three in the SEC, won the regular season championship. They were ranked eighth. When the, the thing all went cattywampus from Corona. Kentucky hadn't gone anywhere. They're still in the national conversation every single year. It, what is wrong with guys like me and guys who look at Kentucky who say, you know what, this, this program is ebbing toward irrelevance, and it's clearly not? Well, I, what I think is a couple things is, is I think one, um, you know, there was a run there from 2010, really to 2015, maybe extended into 17 when they had De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk, where, you know, 
and, and our, our mutual friend Matt Jones talks about this all the time. It's not just about the ranking number one, number two, number three. It's about always being in the conversation. It's about always whatever it is, the number one recruit in the country, the number one this, you know, the biggest games, the biggest this, the biggest that. And I think the last few years, I think the fan base has been frustrated with um, – the teams have started a little bit slower. I don't remember the exact stat, but they were nine and three, nine and four at some point this past season. Um, you know, listen, two years ago, there was the Duke blowout where it was just like, wow, we're miles away from that program right now. And then this year, you beat Michigan State, but really you lose to Evansville. Um, you know, the, the, the Vegas vacation trip that they took where they went 0-2 in Vegas against Utah, Ohio State, and like the, the game that I was at. And I just think the fan base feels like some of that buzz is gone. And is it – when you look at win-loss records, I don't think it's entirely fair. Um, you know, I think back to what you just said, SEC regular season champs this year um, – you know, really, if you really watch the games, they played about two bad halves the entire, you know, from January on. But I think it's the weird losses that never used to happen. The Evansvilles, the, um, you know, the, 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 the Utahs. And Utah's a fine program, but they're a, a middle to bottom of the year Pac-12 team. And it used to be like, okay, if we get on a stage with a Duke or a Kansas and we lose, it's one thing. You were mentioning the Blue Blood kind of deal a minute ago. But it's just been some weird losses of late. And there just isn't that buzz around the program. There isn't that overwhelming star power in the players. I think some of that will come back this year. But I'll be really interested, Kev, because, it, you know, it's a changing landscape in college hoops where the best players are really looking at alternative options um, outside of college. And will Kentucky still be able to get those elite, elite, elite players? I think some of them will still be interested in Kentucky. I think some of them have been, are committed for this coming season. BJ Boston will be really good, but it doesn't have the same buzz when you bring on a big time transfer or a player that could be a two, three year player. Emmanuel quickly was phenomenal SEC player of the year, but he's not Zion. He's not Anthony Davis. He's not John Wall. And so maybe this is just the new norm, not only for Kentucky, but really across college basketball as well. If Zion Williamson has to testify under oath or his parents and they say, yeah, he got 35 grand from Nike or whatever, does any of that stick to K? And does any, will there be any kind of uh, liability borne by Duke? You know, well, I'll tell you this is it's really fascinating in this sense. And uh, you know, Mike Point in the Oklahoma State head coach, I talked to him yesterday and, you know, what he basically said was, if you look at the Oklahoma State one-year sanctions, it was over $300. They had an assistant coach take a bunch of money, put it in his own pocket, um, and really only $300 impacted the program. It went to a single player who was then suspended. It didn't help them in recruiting. It didn't help them on the court in terms of getting, you know, giving players extra benefits. So I bring all this up because it's a fascinating landscape that we have going forward. And, 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 I think what's the fascinating thing about the Duke um, Zion situation is I think the I think there's two conversations. I think there's the Uber in college sports conversation and the national conversation. I think most people nationally, if if we find out that Zion, uh, someone other than his parents, were paying for housing and cars and this and that, and I think every piece of evidence points to that happening. I think most of the national media will say. We're over the extra benefits thing. Thanks for taking the time, Aaron. I really appreciate it. Good to catch up.
Oh, Ken, anytime, man. I appreciate you having me, and anytime, man. I love talking with you, man. Monday morning, Breakfast with Kent, 8 o'clock on Facebook Live, and then 8.15 on Periscope and Twitter. Can't wait to talk to you then.